Yo, welcome to the Table Talk Podcast, where we sit down, pull up a chair, and we get started. This podcast is designed to provide you packed full of information to help you with your training, nutrition, lifestyle, and well-being, where we interview myself through case studies to give you lifetime experience. And then we also interview high-performing individuals or other career-focused people who are looking to make changes in their lifestyle, training, nutrition, and well-being. So let's pull up that chair and let's go. Hey, hey, welcome to episode four, where we interview Reese Adams, who's actually a good friend of mine, um, who I met long, long ago at Enterprise Fitness um, under the uh, boss man himself, Mark Tobre. So Mr. Tobre, you know, when you're ready to jump in for your own interview, let's crack a lack and let's get in for it. So in this podcast, we're going to talk with Reese Adams about his habits, his rituals, and kind of a bit about himself. It's going to be broken into a few episodes because... Um, Reese started in the fitness industry about 11, 12 years ago with a company called One Fitness. He then transitioned over to working in enterprise fitness, worked his way through the ranks, became the wizard. Uh, the man that through consultations, nutritional assessments, he would be able to have a good idea of when to implement a refeed and he would see people drop two, three kilos. So a lot of people when it comes to dieting have to eat less. But with Reese, he would have refeed periods where people had to eat more and then would lose more weight. And he just understands how the microbiome and stress response and just training, nutrition, lifestyle and brings it all together. So from there, he then um, has amicably left with Enterprise. So it's exciting times, which gave birth to redefined fitness. It's from here he's built a company where he works alongside other personal trainers in body composition, fat loss, and muscle building to help them really juggle their life. So most trainers work 60, 80 hours or work 10 hours a week and not get enough clients. He's found a way to help those in need to provide a systems and tools to help those in need. So this has created an environment for success and inventively a strong team of body comp specialists. So with that said, done and dusted, let's dive into the episode and let's meet Reese Adams, understanding his rituals, his guides, a bit about business and his lifestyle training as well. Enjoy. Let's dive in with Reese Adams in episode four, The Magic Wizard, or the co-founder owner. Uh, not co-founder. Oh, my God. Let's just delete all that. Start again. <laughs> Derail. What's co-founder? Part one. Um, you know, it's interesting. Like co-founder, but it's like, founder like which one is it should just be founder or the owner yes. the creator founder, the investor <laughs> co-founder founder creator boss man investor uh the man himself reese adams episode four uh we're going to dive in we've got a list of questions uh the exciting thing with reese he used to manage a few podcasts and he used to be the man to ask questions so i'm quite excited to turn the tables and uh ask the questions and him being a robot, beep, boop, 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 it will obviously flow an order from 1 to 14 in a very detailed order. And if it doesn't, don't worry, we'll do a rapid fire of all the questions at the end. I actually wrote down notes for each question, Carl. So that's how robotic I am. It needs to be done in a certain way. And I, I don't want to miss anything. Have you, have you written down your tonality of choice? No, not the tonality, just, uh, just dot points. Something I've learned over the years. Mark actually helped me with this. Mark yeah. from Enterprise helped me with uh, dot points and not. I used to basically, when I would lecture or, or do anything, it would be 
pretty much write out the whole sentence. And the problem with writing out the whole sentence is it sounds like this and it is very boring. <laughs> so got better at making dot points and basically using it just to um, direct and make sure that uh, I cover everything I need to. Yeah. I think um, the one of the first nutrition seminars you did with the food pyramid, the a calorie pyramid, um, and I remember the train for fuel and performance, the macros and the micros, and you're sitting down with Mark at the end and he goes, how many more slides did you have? And you're like, I got through half. He's like, oh, dude, you got to cut this in half. <laughs> okay. And you guys literally were like, all right, summarize this, 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 do this, this. And you were like editing it as you go along. <laughs> so yeah, uh, a very uh, Dubois way of uh, presenting all the detail all in all the slides and you know, maximum value, maximum effort. <laughs> that, that was my perception, but unfortunately when you have a time period, it's important to stick to that. Yeah. So, uh, well, one question we didn't put in here is, uh, Reese, uh, what's your first memory of me? Oh, uh, probably the guy who asked the tough questions. You, you have a tendency to, to mark go who has a question and the first person to put their hand up is always Carl and it's always a question that I go that's a good question <laughs> so that's that's how I think of you Carl oh, the question guy so questions but good questions not not just because sometimes people ask questions uh sort of specific only to themselves but you're very good at asking questions that are relevant to you know like a whole group of people that you know, it, you're a contributing kind of guy, and I appreciate that about you. Mm. Well, guess what? You get to contribute today by telling everyone uh, the first three questions. What does your moon, morning routine look like, your nighttime routine like, and what are you currently doing for training? Okay, so let me get to my dot point. So basically morning routine, I, I'm, I'm actually not someone who uh is you, you hear of these people they like to get up 5am and things like that i'm personally not one of those uh, and i i personally have tried to be and i just find this is what works best for me so i personally like to get up around seven o'clock obviously it depends on when i've got clients <gasps> but usually around seven so it isn't so oh what a waste of two hours sleeping recovering adapting <laughs> but this, this at the moment works for me it may change um but this is what i'm currently doing so uh, basically, first thing I do is I check how clients are progressing. That's the first thing I like to do. Um, and any question, any messages I'm going to get back to or anything like that. And then I go to the bathroom. Once I go to the bathroom, I weigh myself and have a shower. And then I start my breakfast. And that's literally every morning how I like to start my day. So you wake up, grab your phone. You don't hydrate. You just start responding to clients first. You go to the bathroom. The problem with hydrating, Carl, is then I then I can't weigh myself because it needs to be fasted, and mm -hmm. if I have that water, then all of a sudden it's going to throw up my scale. So then then I might as well not even bother weighing myself. So and it it happens sometimes. I I forget and I have a glass of water. I'm like, okay, I weigh myself tomorrow. Um, and, and you know everyone's human. These things happen. So it, it's one of those things that doesn't happen often, but it does happen. Does that throw you off a little bit? Are you like, oh, my day is ruined? I drank water. <laughs> I scale away. It, it, it used, it, it used to, uh, but having competed back, well, probably it's like eight years ago now, 2015. 
So back in those days when I was competing 2015, took my training super, super serious. Uh, it was one of those things where I had to eat, you know, more meals is better. Um, has to be at this time of day. Everything was super regimented. And if I missed a meal, it was, you know, it, it was a stressful experience. There was, there was an increase in cortisol if I missed a meal. Whereas yeah. now I personally eat four meals a day and, and that works for me. So something I've found over the years is uh, getting, I guess, optimizing things and, and not necessarily might not be the best thing for results, but it's the best thing for my lifestyle and my sanity. So four meals works for me. And at the end of the day, I always say to clients, my, my job is not to make your life miserable. My job is to get your result. So for me, by doing four meals, I'm able to get the result that I want to get with my training. So four meals is, is just how I do it. And not drinking water first thing in the morning. Got it. Noted. Yes. So anyone listening, just don't drink water first thing. Weigh yourself, then drink. <laughs> yes, weigh yourself first. That's great. What about peeing? Should you pee first or should you That's the, That's why I mentioned the bathroom. Because you'll notice I mentioned bathroom. Go to the bathroom. So I, I do I do a number I do, one. I do do. <laughs> I, do I, I, I do a do-do as well uh, if it's necessary. So um, number one or number two, whatever necessary, get that done and then weigh yourself because obviously that throws things out as well. But are there scales in the bathroom as well? Because, you know, you say bathroom, you know, that could be just scales. You know, you, you have to be very specific, Reese. We're getting results. Yeah, so they're, <laughs> they're bathroom scales and they're in the bathroom. That, that's where mm -hmm. I keep them. And they're, they're basically in between the, the toilet and the, the basin. So we'll slide them out. Love it. Pay, way, wash hands. It's it's all right there. I love it. Systemized, robotic. So, um, well, you mentioned so it's been eight years of competing. So, how many comps have you done personally yourself? So, I actually, only did two years of competing. So, I competed in two thousand fifteen and two thousand sixteen. So, this brings us to the next question: like, what am I doing in my training? So, managed to injure my shoulder um, when I was training for the two thousand fifteen comp. And ever since have been basically just working on optimizing it. So still managed to compete in 2016, wasn't able to overhead press. So just heaps of side raises um, and then realized that I didn't want to keep competing if I wasn't going to, you know, continually be better than I was before. So then basically my goals changed and it was just became more about coaching people. So started focusing on coaching people more so than just training myself because I'll, I'll be totally honest. I, I think everyone likes the idea of becoming like a professional athlete, but at the end of the day, it was something that I, I, I wouldn't have minded getting a pro card. I think that would have been cool, but I just couldn't see myself competing regularly. I, I personally like the journey. I don't like getting on stage. So I don't like to be the center of attention. So this public speaking thing that we're doing right now is not something that comes naturally to me and often can be quite stressful, which is why this is only the second one I've ever done. I have been asked to do others, but I, 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 it's not that I don't want to do them. I just get really nervous. And then I'm just like, no, 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 stay in the safe zone. This is safe. You don't need to do that. And then I just don't do them. So, but it's one of those things where, you know, personal growth, if you want to grow, it's important to, to do things that make you uncomfortable. Yeah. And obviously be interviewed on the table talk. 
and uh, have hundreds of people looking at you, listening, thousands, tens of thousands right now in this moment. Well, actually, no, it's just me and Reese. (laughs) I've actually actually got a really cool story that um, I think people might find helpful, but also entertaining. Uh, Basically, it was, oh, geez, I forget the year. Basically, many years ago, Mark asked me to, when I was working at Enterprise, asked me to go to Montreal and do a private internship with Charles Bolton. But basically, there was, there, was a, there was a caveat, which was, if you come, you must present in front of Charles Bolton. So, No way. That's given, awesome. Given, given that I am <sighs> terrified of public speaking, there's this guy, Charles Bolton, who, you know, he's, I'd never met him at this stage. So he's this legendary character um, and still is to this day. Um, and basically, I have to present in front of him. So that was super nerve wracking. And my way of dealing with that, I was like, okay, if I'm going to do something out of my comfort zone, what's something else I can do out of my comfort zone? Because I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Carl, but if you do something out of your comfort zone, you're usually more comfortable with doing something else out of your comfort zone would you agree with that like yeah. you, you're out of your comfort zone so you might as well it, it has levels so you just kind of just roll with it so basically i had no real desire i was never really like a motorbike guy but i went out and got my motorbike license and bought a motorbike and at first <laughs> i was really bad at it i literally when i when i got the motorbike i went to, to buy i bought a brand new from the city and they say, oh, you know, you can you can pick it up today and just drive it straight out. I'm like, no, 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 that's okay. I'm going to get someone to come pick it up for me. So they basically had a friend go pick it up. They dropped it at Enterprise for me. And then I rode it home from Enterprise. But literally riding home from Enterprise to the next servo, which was three blocks over, I had someone stick their head out the window. Get off the road! Literally said that to me. <laughs> Struggling with the gears and indicating and... It was just something that, you know, I you need practice to get good. So mm. um, then I end up in the back streets and, and basically in the back streets doing, um, practicing my turns, like, you know, accelerating and then slowing down to be able to indicate turn and just getting used to, to, to using the motorbike because anyone that's ever got their motorbike license, you go to a motorbike school and it's in this controlled environment where there's no cars around this is where I learned there's no cars around and you just have some cones and you've got to go around the cones at your own pace. There's no one yelling at you, tooting at you. Uh, there's it's the most controlled environment. So to be thrown out on the street, it was um, nerve wracking, but I got it done and then created this presentation for Charles, get there. And then all of a sudden find out that only a couple of people are presenting and I didn't have to present. So it was a relief, but it was also like, I kind of work myself up for nothing. That's great. <laughs> yeah, motorbike license is good fun. It's comical, right? It's like the cones. I remember I did mine way, way back, and there was fourteen people on like peewees, like on the automatic automatics, and I had the manual bike. And I looked at the instructor. I'm like, "Am I in the wrong program?" He's like, "No." I'm like. Why am I the only one with this bike? He's like, because you're a man and not a like little bitch. <laughs> what? He's like, all of these people, they're all city people. Like, they got no, they're not going to leave the city. Like, literally, they'll leave their house two minutes down the road, park the car. I'm like, 
Why can't they walk? That's why they're bitches. <laughs> it, it is definitely way easier. It's like cars. How many people have their manual license for the car? Yeah. Well, actually, it must be like 30% at most. <laughs> and, you know, if you can only drive automatic and you're the designated driver, well, guess what? Your manual friends will teach you how to drive whilst they're under the influence. <laughs> so technically, it's legal. <laughs> um, well, let's stay on the comp prep. That's great that I love that you put yourself in an uncomfortable position and then didn't have to present. You had already overcome adversity. Um, maybe the person that was shouting at you was Mark. Get off the road. And he's driving home going, hmm, he probably doesn't need to present anymore because he stepped out of his comfort zone. Good one, you, Reese. <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> um, but okay, so you, did, you competed for two years and then like you've hurt your shoulder. You still built your shoulders up, so that's really cool. Um, and you've worked with competitors. You've gotten some clients' pro cards as well, yeah? Yeah, so um, I've got a lady, one particular client got two pro cards um, and then uh, helped a husband and wife couple who coach competitors get a pro card for one of their clients. Um, and then I've also had a client compete on um, in, in the UK. So that was really cool also. Amazing. And like, because I, I believe like obviously you're a big person of reflection, learning and evolving what you do as you said you used to eat a lot and now you eat four meals and um make everyone miserable now find you know don't make people miserable but obviously get them results so sometimes you got to push them sometimes you don't it was never to make them miserable car no i said no there are times where they may be miserable um yes but for you it's you really are there to kind of guide and say look um remember the goal here is to get your results so understand that you may be kicking and screaming, but we can either do this or we don't. It's your call. And remember, we are looking to get here. It might, instead of it being two weeks, it might take three weeks, but it's going to be okay. I'm here to guide you every step of the way. So like you're nurturing people, but obviously in comp prep or in specific timelines, fat loss, over the years, because you've been doing what, 12, 11 years? How, how do Since you evolve? So 13. How do you evolve your process? Is it from comp to comp, person to person, or are you running your like redefined fitness the way it is? And once you do some mentoring, you block out time to reflect. Like, how do you up? Uh, how do you one upskill and two? How do you evolve what you do if necessary? So the, the upskilling I've always put down to uh, being coached myself. So I've always had a coach and. I think learning, like doing yourself is one of the best ways to, to learn. Actually implementing it with yourself. Have you found that as well, Carl? Like yep, when do you myself. Implement... <laughs> when, you, when you implement it with yourself, you, you see it, you know, you see it um, personally. So, uh, mm. and I always, I'm a big believer of using yourself as a coach, as uh, the guinea pig. So um, obviously you want to make sure it works before you're using it with your clients. So I've always found that to be the best way and working with a coach who is, you know, ahead of you in um, particular areas so that you can continue to grow. So I've always been more of a hands-on guy. Some people love to read literature and things like that, which I I like the Fair idea enough. of, but, but the problem <laughs> with it is. It's too many words. 
yeah, and it can be very hit and miss. Like a lot of the time you hear this stuff that comes out and then you find out later down the track that actually it's not because of this, it's because of this. Um, like a classic one is um, the argument that was about the best, like what grows the glutes the most, squatting or hip thrusting. But it's like context matters. So if you got caught up in the, well, squatting is the best way to grow your glutes, then you would just squat. But what I found was in context, you can, like, what's the weakest link of the squat at your lower back? What's the, like, with a hip thrust, you don't often have that to be the issue. And also, how frequently can you squat versus hip thrust? Like, you can hip thrust more frequently. So it's context matters. And why not just include both? Because mm. they overload the muscle at different, like, uh, different points of the strength curve. So, you know, one overloads it in the shortened position and one the lengthened. So, I think uh, the best way would be to include both because I personally, and that, and that's another thing where from personal experience, I found when I only had clients squatting, I didn't see a huge improvement in their glutes until I actually included uh, the hip thrust. So I I think that might be a case of just including more direct hip work. Um, But I, I noticed a significant improvement when I did that because I, I remember when I was sort of against hip thrusting uh, because there were certain people that were against it. So I was like, okay, that, you know, th- their argument made sense. So I'm like, okay, I'll stay away from hip thrusting. And then I heard a really good argument from Brett Contreras and I was like, let's give it a go. And I had a particular client who was, because I'd, I'd originally coached figure competitors mostly. So mostly figure competitors where glutes aren't exactly the primary thing. It's mostly like back, shoulders, legs. Glutes that back in the day were not a huge deal. But then fitness and bikini came on the scene. So once fitness and bikini came on the scene, glutes became this, this magic muscle that you wanted to focus on particularly. So I was like, oh, let's give hip thrust a go. And I found them to be really effective. So all your clients started getting bigger booties. Even the men. Do you get men doing a lot of hip thrusts? And I get some position. men doing them, um, but it's not often the primary. I actually have one guy. I've one guy that when he got leaner, he got really sad. He lost his glutes. I'm like, it's it's one of those areas that you store body fat. So you know, not all of it is is you didn't necessarily use muscle, lose muscle. It's it's fat there too, primarily. Hmm. So if you want. Like we can put the fat back there, but it's just one of those things that comes with getting leaner. Put the fat back. <laughs> and how are you going to do that? Injectable or just time their fat consumption? No, just a 50% surplus. <laughs> um, who are you being coached by at the moment? Luke Lehman. So uh, Luke's actually become a really good friend of mine. Um, and in terms of like managing my shoulder, he's been really helpful. So he has this philosophy uh, which is called uh, structural backloading. You may have heard of it, where basically instead of putting the structural work at the end of the workout, you put it at the start. So you it's one of those things at the moment, improving my structural health of my joints is my primary focus. So basically opening up and strengthening and getting my body to move better before doing the compound lifts allows me to get the most out of those compound lifts where you know, sometimes you come in and you're a bit bound up and restricted and you're not going to move in the best way possible. So uh, I found that doing it that way 
for now works best but it's one of those things it's not necessarily necessary for everyone but i do find it helpful for people um who may have you know limitations with their training or they just want to you know strengthen particular joints it's not something that and that's where a lot of coaches sort of like it's they have one way of doing everything and that's something that I like to pride myself on is not having one way and just, you know, figuring out what is most important for this particular client and how, how can I help them best? And then mm-hmm. when you figure that out, then you're going to have the greatest impact. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of episode four with Sir Reese Adams. Um, we are only a third of the way. So tune in for episode five and we'll see you soon. Hey, thanks so much for joining the episode of Table Talk today. We hope you found some helpful tips and inspiration in staying healthy and fit, even with a busy schedule. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, stay tuned for our next conversation. Until then, keep prioritizing yourself, your health, your fitness, and we'll see you on the next Table Talk.